I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. Last time I talked super types. So that means it's subtype time. Rachel's all excited. She says, subtypes? We're talking subtypes today. Okay. So uh, there are a lot more subtypes than our super types. So just uh, for those that somehow didn't listen to my super type podcast, um, on every card, there's a card type. We have seven card types in Magic right now. Artifact, Creature, Enchantment, Instant, Land, Planeswalker, and Sorcery. Um, we used to have Interrupt, uh, and Mana Source, I guess, technically. Um, and Tribal, I guess I didn't label Tribal yesterday. I talked about why Tribal wasn't a super type yesterday uh, in the last podcast. Okay, so now, subtypes, so w- w- when you have a card type, uh, super types come before. There, there are six of those. I talked about them last time. And subtypes are what come after. Usually of the uh, card type, you have uh, an M dash, and then you have, uh, well, you have an M dash if there has a subtype. Uh, so there's lots of different subtypes. In fact, I'm going to go through today. There is a whole bunch of subtypes. So today we'll do everything you ever wanted to know about subtypes, but we're afraid to ask. Okay, so we're going to start with artifacts. So there are four artifact subtypes. We'll begin with Clue, a brand new one. So Clue showed up in um, Shadows of Innistrad. Uh, so basically, um, there were things that could produce a clue. Uh, oh, so let me, let me explain this about subtypes, which is important, is you only get a subtype... Uh, well, creatures can have subtypes, and planeswalkers can have subtypes. In fact, creatures have to have subtypes, and planeswalkers have to have subtypes. Other than those two card types, everything else is just because it means something. And the rule is, we don't do subtypes unless they're mechanically irrelevant. So one of the things that will happen from time to time is, I will want something to be mechanically irrelevant, meaning I want to use a subtype, so I will make cards that reference it so that it is mechanically relevant. Well, I'll get to a few of those. Clues, so in um, Shadows of Innistrad, we have the investigate mechanic, um, and what it does is it produces clues, which is a creature token type. But because we had cards that wanted to care about, you know, when you sacrifice a clue and such, we needed to give them a subtype. Um, we also wanted to be able to reference them, so it helped a lot to be able to say it's a clue token. Um, I think the reason it's a subtype, it's an artifact subtype clue, is so that we can mechanically make relevance of them. Um, otherwise, we could just name the token type. Like, for example, um, poke it, uh, poke it. poison is a token type, but it's not a subtype. It's just we've named the counter. It's a counter. Um, this, I guess, is an artifact token, a little bit different. Um, but anyway, in order to make it relevant, we had to give it a subtype. So clue is an artifact subtype. Next, we have Contraption. Oh, the bane, the bane of my existence. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, the quick version of this is we made a card in Future Sight called Steam Flogger Boss that I think Aaron Forsyth made. Um, the idea behind it was we wanted to make a card that just used um, mechanical verbiage you'd never heard before. That was kind of the joke. So originally, I think when Aaron made it, it erected a monument. Um, and then we ended up changing it to Assemble a Contraption. Um, and all would have been well with the world. It was cute and goofy, and it did something that didn't make any sense because it was a future shifter card from a possible future world. Um, and uh, then Aaron wrote an article where he talked about making that card and then gave out the secret that there was no intent to ever do it. We were never planning to assemble contraptions. Um, and you're not supposed to do that because as soon as the audience knew, it was never going to happen. The audience demanded that it happen. So... 
It is on my bucket list, my magic designer bucket list. Uh, I have vowed before I retire, which is not in the near future, so a little bit of time, I will figure out contraptions. Um, uh, they, the problem is we wrote the rules for them, assuming it was a joke. And anyway, the rules are a little weird. It is an artifact subtype. So contraptions are artifacts. We know that. Um, and what they do, how they work, uh, creatures assemble them. We know that. Um, note, note, it's not that players assemble them, although I guess players could also assemble them, but, uh, creatures have to be able to assemble them, because that is, it talks about when riggers assemble, anyway. Uh, but contraptions right now, right now, uh, are only on one card, reference on Steam Plug or Boss. Next, equipment. So equipment showed up in Mirrodin for the first time, and then quickly became an evergreen thing, so we do them all the time now. Um, equipment is the... We made them as an artifact version of auras. Uh, the idea was, we really liked the idea that there's things that, you know, I can get a sword, and then I can give the sword to one of my creatures, you know, that I can make objects, or, you know, get objects and give them to my creatures. Um, equipment has some rules with it, so it, it needed to be a subtype. Whenever you have rules associated with things, um, subtypes allow you to sort of also have some rules. Um, we try not to have any rules built into creature subtypes anymore. We used to, uh, but we try not to do that. Uh, you can still have some rules built into other subtypes. Um, we just do them a lot less. Next, fortification. So two of the four artifact subtypes, the four artifact subtypes are clue, contraption, equipment, and fortification. Two of them come from future sight, uh, meaning two of them exist only on future shifted cards. So the... Two of the super two of the sorry, subtypes are from the future that maybe we'll do. So fortification is basically a land version of equipment. The idea being um, equipment is defined as only going on creatures. You can only equip things to creatures. Um, and so uh, we decided to make fortifications, which was, hey, maybe one day we will make the equivalent of equipment, but for, for lands. Um, and that is what a fortification is. Uh, we have not yet realized that future world. Um, what are the chances of us doing fortifications? Uh, they are rules-wise sound, meaning they work just fine. Obviously, they use the same rules as equipment, so they, they work just fine. Um, it's a matter of finding a world where the flavor fits, fits it. Um, the problem in general is it's hard to get rid of lands. We don't want to make... We, we have lessened land destruction because we don't want... It, we don't want you making it too hard for people to cast their spells. So in general, land destruction has gone down, which means destroying lands is harder. So fortifications are tricky because we can't we can't do anything that's too problematic because there's not... I mean, I guess you can... you can. It is an artifact. You can destroy it as an artifact. So there are some answers. I, I do believe we will come to the world where it makes sense. I, I, I think that it's, in my mind, more a win than an if. Like, I, I do think at some point we'll make fortifications... But it, it will need to be the right world and the right time. And I mean, my guess is one day we'll be working on something and just go, you know what? It's time. Fortifications time has come. We should make fortifications. Okay, next, creatures. So creature subtypes basically are creature types. Um, technically, they're subtypes, but when you think of, um, you know, zombie or vampire or goblin or elf or human or whatever... Um, Creature subtypes are, are, are more evolved than any other subtype, 
every creature must have a subtype uh, in the rules. For a while, that wasn't true, and a lot of artifact creatures didn't have a subtype. And then we said, okay, you know, this is confusing. Fine, all creatures have, have a creature subtype. Um, and we spent a lot of time and energy sort of flavoring them and who has what subtype and where. Um, then uh, during Onslaught, we came up with what we call race, uh, race class. So now uh, most humanoid have both a race subtype and a class subtype. Race would be like goblin or elf or human. Class would be like a knight or a soldier or a wizard, um, sort of the job you have. Um, and race class is based off of uh, how in D&D does functions, that you have both a race and a class. Like, I am both an orc and I am a fighter, for example. Um, creature, uh, the tribal um, uh, card type came about because we wanted to share creature subtypes with other subtypes. So one of the rules about subtypes is you can only be a subtype for one class of card type, with the one exception. What's that? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, the one exception being instants and sorceries are allowed to share uh, a um, subtype. Um, so tribal existed, so we were allowing non-creatures to use a creature subtype. That's why tribal existed in the first place. We wanted to say, hey, this enchantment, it's a goblin enchantment. This artifact is an elf artifact. We wanted to be able to do that. Uh, we since realized that we were adding a lot of complexity in words for little gain, and so we since decided not to use tribal. Um, but anyway, um, that is why. Uh, as far as creature subtypes go, uh, I mean, I could do an entire podcast on creature subtypes, uh, and I'm trying to. So um, the, the basic thing to understand is that we do race class and humanoid things. We have iconic uh, creature types, uh, which mean big, splashy ones. We do at rare, usually. Uh, white is angel. Blue is sphinx. Black is demon. Um, red is um, dragon. And green is hydra. Um, it took us a while to come to some of those. Uh, we got the um, the angel demon dragon happened very early in Magic, although demons went away for a little while. Um, but the hydra and the sphinx took us a while to find. Um, we also have what I call the characteristic classes, which are, um, for white, it's human. For blue, it's merfolk. For black, it's either vampire or zombie. For red, it's goblin. For green, it's elves. Just the most uh, often used of these smaller creature types. So characteristics are the, the kind of ones you see a lot at common, where iconic are the ones you see only a few times, but often at rare. You know, like most sets have an angel, if an angel makes sense in the world we're in. Um... We try to shape worlds. Creature types is a big way why we shape worlds, that certain worlds only have certain creature types. So part of the way we give a definition is, this world, this combination of creatures exists. With this world, that combination. Um, uh, creature subtypes started in the game. Uh, Richard wanted the flavor of them. I mean, he did make use of them mechanically right away. Um, Goblin, Merfolk, and Zombie all had a, a lord in Alpha. So it was a component of the card that was included. Um, originally, it was summon the subtype rather than creature uh, M dash. Um, so, like a goblin wouldn't be creature M dash goblin, it would be summon goblin. Um, but it was confusing that creatures didn't say creature on them, and so we wanted to make sure that the creature card, when we said destroy target creature, like, what's a creature? Well, how about we label the things, you know, so all the card types now label actually what they are. Um, but anyway, I'm not spending a lot of time on creatures. Like I said, I, I could spend an entire podcast on creature subtypes. It is a very 
meaty topic, but we're going to move on. Okay, to enchantment. Okay, there are three enchantment subtypes. There's auras, there's curses, and there's shrines. Okay, so aura, um, when magic first began, um, there were, uh, I guess we use, I'm not sure what the current terminology, for a long time we referred to them as local and global enchantments. Uh, What that meant is a global enchantment just sat on the battlefield, you know, crusade or glorious anthem, or it just did something. It's a it just affected whatever it affected. Sometimes your, sometimes your opponent, sometimes everybody's. But it just sits there and does a thing. Uh, a local enchantment uh, was something that you would enchant something with. An enchant creature being the most common. So in Alpha, the, the card type didn't even say enchantment on it. It just said enchant whatever you could enchant, like enchant creature. Um, so when 6th edition rolled around... We decided that it was weird that the creature card type didn't say creature on it. And the enchantment, um, or, you know, the uh, enchantments that were local didn't say enchantment on it. Uh, I said enchant. But anyway, we decided in 6th edition to just put the words on them. Um, so, and when we did that, we needed to come up with a new way to have local enchantments. So what we ended up doing is giving a subtype to enchantments called Aura. So now what will happen is it will say enchantment Aura, and then in the, on the, in the rules text it will say enchant creature. We move the enchant creature down to make it, uh, it's now an actual ability. Um, and it'll say whatever enchants, and then, um, but all anything that's a local enchantment essentially is an aura now. It's a subtype aura. It's something we use all the time. Um, it, it's our first, uh, I guess, evergreen, other than the creatures, I guess. But the, the thing about the creature subtypes is um, every single... There is no creature that's existed in every world we've ever visited. Even human, which is the most common one, didn't show up in Lorwyn. Um, so those, uh, a lot of them are evergreen in the sense that goblin and elves and stuff we most often use, but we don't use them every set because not every world will have a goblin or have an elf, for example. So auras are, as our first of all, call our evergreen uh, uh, subtype. Next, we have curse. So curse was in Innistrad. Curses are enchant players that you put on usually your opponent. Every once in a while on yourself if you're being clever, but usually put them on your opponent and then just bad things happen to your opponent. Um, it was part of the flavor in Innistrad, the idea that we were in Gothic Horror World, that you could curse your opponent. Curse is a big part of the horror genre. Um, Enchant Players had started as something I had done in the Unsets, um, and I decided it'd be fun to um, use Enchant Player here, so Curses, Enchant Players. Uh, the rules manager at the time we made it in Estrada was Mark Gottlieb. Uh, he did not want me having a subtype curse, so I specifically made some cards that reference curses. In fact, I only think there were like two in the first in, in Estrada block. But by just having a couple, it allowed us to then have the subtype. So uh, the funny thing is it's not that I wanted necessarily to make the cards that cared about it. I just really wanted it to be a named subtype. I wanted Because if I didn't do that, then... Um, I, I wanted I wanted to be able to have curses that didn't necessarily say curse in their name. I think Innistrad ended up having curse in the name of all of them. Um, but I wanted the ability to make curses later without having the restriction of having to say curse of whatever. Um, uh, and so anyway, one of the secret weapons I have is um, we can't make subtypes unless they're relevant, but I can make them mechanically relevant by making cards that care about them. Note, by the way, if I did not subtype it to be curse, I would be enabled to make cards that care about curses. By having a subtype, I now can care about it. Even if all the names say curse in it, I don't think I can reference names. I don't think I can. 
You can reference a specific word like a whole name, like a card name, such and such. But I don't think you can reference just a singular name. It's an interesting question. Um, that's an interesting question. I think the reason we can't do that is because in languages with translation, they don't always match one for one. So in English, it could be the same word, but in another language, it wouldn't be the same word. Uh, for example, one of the problems that's come up that's been mentioned to us is English just happens to have a whole bunch of different words for the undead. You know, there's like 30 words for different kinds of undead. And there's other languages we translate into that there's like, there's one word. And so, you know, when we start dicing up and you know, dividing up all the different kinds of undead, it gets tricky for some languages. And so, um, sometimes words and titles where it's unique in English, it's not unique in another language. Okay, the third um, enchantment subtype is shrine. So the three subtypes are aura, curse, and shrine. So shrine is from Champions of Kamigawa. We made a cycle of shrines, and the reason they are subtyped is the cards need to care about one another. That when you, um, the way they work is they count the number of shrines in play to, to figure out how big their effect is. And so um, we wanted them to work on each other. So there's a cycle of them. So if you get out the red shrine and the green shrine, we wanted them to look at each other. So in order for that to happen, we had to give them a subtype. So um, those are the three enchantment subtypes, aura, curse, and shrine. Okay, land. Okay, so land has basic land subtypes and non-basic land subtypes. So basic land subtypes you might be familiar with. There are five of them. Uh, plains, island, swamp, mountain, and forest. Um, those are important because we often will reference them. We'll often say, go in your library and get a forest, or this creature is as big as the number of swamps you have. <coughs> we'll mechanically reference individual card types. And so um, I talked about basic being a super type. That's important. But the subtype's also important because we do refer to them. Um, in fact, it is so important that sometimes when we make dual lands, we will put creature su- uh, sorry, uh, land subtypes, basic land subtypes on them. And those are pretty powerful. People really like when we do that. Um, and the reason we don't always do it is because it is so powerful that it, it actually has a cost associated with it. Okay, now we get to the um, non-basic land subtypes. So first we have Desert. So Desert showed up in Arabian Nights on a card called Desert. Um, the funny thing is, I don't think... Oh, no. Desert was referenced because there was Camel and there was there was somebody that had Desert Walk and there was a creature that was immune to damage by... De- uh, camels had banding and camels and any creature they banned with were immune to damage from deserts because desert, deserts could damage you. Um, I mean, your opponent's desert could damage you. Um, and then we had uh, Desert Nomads, I think, had Desert Walk. So anyway, uh, Desert was the first non-basic land subtype showed up in the very first expansion um, and just made reference to deserts. I don't think... I don't think we've... Have we done... I don't think we've done any desert. Uh, we keep talking about, uh, like, having a world... So, ooh, does deserts make sense in this place? And we, we keep talking about um, finding a place where deserts make sense, but we have not done that yet. Um, but it's something that... It pops up. We, we know it's a subtype, so... Next, Gate. So, Gate is from Return to Ravnica. So, we wanted to do um, some common dual lands. And so, the idea is we wanted to do common enters the battlefield tapped dual lands. Um... The problem was that rare... We also wanted to do shock lands and that those lands were strictly worse than the rare lands. And not that magic doesn't do strictly worse, but we kind of try to avoid it. We 
within the same set. So we said, okay, is there some way to make these not strictly worse than the rares? Um, and we said, oh, how about we sort of care about something about the world of Ravnica? And we decided that these represented the gates of each of the guilds. And then we had cards that cared about the gates. So the common cards meant something. Um, yeah, they're not quite as strong as the rare ones, to be fair. But they are at least not strictly worse than the rare ones. They do something that the rare ones don't do. Um, and gates... Um, we had gates originally in uh, Return of Ravnica and Gate Crash. And then both those sets and Dragon's Maze had cards that cared about gates. In fact, I think the lands got reprinted, I think, in Dragons of Tark... I mean, not Dragons of Tark, Dragon's Maze. So I think there were gates in all three sets, and there were gate matters in all three sets. Okay, next, Lair. So Lair is from Plane Shift. Um, it referred to... We made... Um, we made th- uh, five dragons that were three-colored dragons... And we wanted lands that were connected to the dragons. Um, I'm trying to think why we subtyped it. I mean, we subtyped it so you would recognize they were the layers of the dragons. Uh, we, we must have mechanically cared about it somehow. It's not jumping to mind how we did. Um, but layers, it's, I think that's only been used, I think only in Plane Shift. Next is a Locus. So Locus first showed up in Mirrodin. Um, we had a card that we wanted to care about how many copies of that card there were. Um, but rather than look at the name of the card, we put Locus so that we would allow ourselves to um, later make other cards so we could care about it. It ended up being pretty good and constructed, so we sort of backed off on making any other ones in that block. The original idea was maybe we make other Locuses in the block, but the first one was strong enough that we didn't. Um, a Cloud Post, I think, was the first one. Um, but, but when we went back for Scars of Mirrodin, and we knew they'd be in the same, they'd be in um, modern together, but they wouldn't be in standard together. We made a second um, locus. So um, so far, every trip to Mirrodin, we made a locus. Okay, next we have Urza's Mine, Urza's Power Plant, and Urza's Tower. So these were what we call the Urzatron, made in antiquities. They were three lands. Um, so all of them tap for one colorless, except the Mine and Power Plant tap for two colorless and the tower taps for three colorless if all three are in play. So if you have a mine, a power plant, and a tower, you actually tap for seven mana total. Two, two, and three. Um, this was made during Antiquities. Uh, it was made as an enabler to help you with playing more expensive artifacts. Um, didn't originally have a subtype, but rules-wise, I guess we realized that we needed to care about what they were, and so they ended up going back, and they ended up putting... Um, so the weird thing is I think they have, um, I don't know if it's hyphenated. I think they have Urza's as a subtype, and then either mine, power plant, power hyphen plant, or tower as subtype. So technically, I think Urza's is its own subtype, and mine, power hyphen plant, and tower are their own subtypes. So they have two subtypes, because I believe they technically work. Um, there's nothing else that has the Urza subtype. And remember, it's a land subtype, so I can't just go stick it on... I mean, there's a bunch of Urza's artifacts, but I can't. you can't have a subtype uh, on two different card types, um, minus instance and sorcery. Um, so Urza's is stuck on land. But if we made another Urza's-related land, in theory, we could put Urza's on it. Okay, next, uh, we get to uh, planes. So planes only show up in um, plane chase, um, and all of the planes have a subtype because we want to reference where they're from. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I assume there might be... I, I, I'm not as familiar with plain chase as I could be. Um, it is possible... I mean, first of all, they were done for flavor purposes, that we wanted to know where, what, where the planes were. Part of the fun of plane chase is you're running around the multiverse, we're going, hey, this is from this plane. Hey, this is from that plane. And we wanted to sort of make reference to it. Um, and we also were including some planes that people knew and some planes that you'd never seen before. So having the name was important. Um, that does allow us to mechanically care. I don't know. Like, we, we could make a car that says... Or we could make... Well, I see. Um, there's only one plane and play at a time. I imagine we could, in the set where it cared about it, make a car that says, like, whenever I'm on a Ravnica, you know, the plane of Ravnica, I have a boost or something. Um, you mechanically could care about the planes. I think the subtypes on the planes was more of a flavor thing than anything else, that we just wanted to just make sure you, like, kind of knew which plane it was. Because it's pretty important to the flavor that you know what, what the planes are. And I think that was the place to stick it where it made sense. Okay, next, planeswalkers. So planeswalkers are kind of like creatures in that they have to have a subtype. Um, the subtype of a planeswalker is their name. So any Jace planeswalker will have Jace as a planeswalker subtype. Um, this is mechanically relevant because um, there is a rule about having multiple copies of the same planeswalker in play. And it uses the plane... Uh, the plane, the plane than that. The Planeswalker subtype as a means to monitor that. So if I have a Jason play, no matter what Jason, Jace the Mind Sculptor or something, and I play Jace Bellerin, um, it looks and says, oh, you have two Jaces in play because it looks at the subtype. There are currently 32... As of this podcast, there are 32 um, Planeswalker subtypes. How do I know that? Because I ran a head-to-head and then a second head-to-head. Um, so I happen to know they're exact, currently, right now, they're exactly 32 unique Planeswalkers that all have cards. Um, could I name all of them? Uh, probably not. I could, I, I, I could try to go through my head-to-head and name them all, but I'm not sure me trying to name 32 Planeswalkers has much value here. But um, all the Planeswalkers do exist. Uh, one of the questions we get is why, for example, Sarkin Vol, we say Sarkin as his Planeswalker subtype. And some Planeswalkers, we just use their first name, some use their last name. Um, the people ask why. I think it has to go with what the planeswalkers most often refer to. Like, people don't tend to call Sarkin Vol. They call him Sarkin, even though Vol technically is his na- real name. Um, so I think it has to do with what people sort of vernacularly call them. If they call them by the first name, we use their first name. If they call them by the last name, we use their last name. Um, we use whatever we think are, is most used by players. Okay. Next, we have instant. Okay, so there are two instant subtypes, arcane and trap. Okay, so arcane is from Champions of Kamigawa block. Um, So I invented a mechanic called splice. And the idea of splice was that you could attach it to spells. So um, the flavor was, I liked the idea that you could graft your, your spell onto other spells but then it didn't go away. So it's sort of like, hey, this effect gets grafted on other spells, and that is like... Originally, the idea was you could do it out of your graveyard, and eventually we changed it to being out of your hand. Um, and we had talked about maybe just being able to do any instant or sorcery, uh, but I think at the time we were nervous, like we just were a little concerned, so we decided we would make a subtype to care about, and we ended up making Arcane. 
Um, to the best of my knowledge, I think, I think, I mean, maybe a supplemental set made in Arcane card or two, but um, the only sort of uh, standard, you know, black border set uh, or standard legal set that got made that had Arcane in it was the three from Champions of Kamigawa box. The Champions of Kamigawa, Betrayers of Kamigawa, Saviors of Kamigawa. Um, it did some good things and bad things. The good thing was, developmentally, like, we knew what we were getting into. Like, we knew all the cards you could, you know, uh, splice onto. But because the subtype required you to be from Champions... Sorry, I'm yawning. Um, because it had to be from Champions, it was very, what we call, parasitic. Meaning, it really, like, you couldn't go outside of Champions. Like, let's say I wanted to play Splice. Well, all the Splice cards were in Champions block, but I needed Arcane cards. All the Arcane cards were, you know... So it really became a block deck, because so many of what you needed to make it work all came from the same same block. Um, and we try... We, we do parasitic things eventually, but we're trying to be careful. Champion was a little too parasitic. Okay, the other subtype is Trap. So Trap was from um, Zendikar. So we wanted to um, um, have cards that sat in your hand that uh, we want... The idea was, you know, we were trying to make an Indiana Jones kind of world, and Indiana Jones is famous for having all sorts of traps. That, you know, on Adventure World, you know, both D&D and um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, they were big inspirations for this world. Traps are commonplace. There's lots of treasure, but there's traps. Um, and so we wanted to cre- recreate the feeling. Um, we had made both quests and traps, and so I wanted both of them to be subtypes. Uh, and so I made cards for each of them. Uh, but what happened was... During development, um, the quest mattering cards ended up getting killed. And so because there were no quest mattering cards, uh, they didn't end up making a subtype out of quest. That's why quest doesn't have a subtype. But I made some trap cards, and at least one of them survived. So trap did get to be a subtype. So um, I would have liked if one of the quest cards stayed, because I would have liked to, I would have liked to have the subtype quest. Um, but anyway, so that is why trap became a subtype. Um, we didn't do traps when we returned to Battle for Zendikar because we were focusing on the war between the Eldrazi and the Zendikari. Um, I hope if we, uh, win-win, when we return to Zendikar 3, uh, when we go back to Zendikar, which I hope we do, um, the plan is it to be a lot more of what the original one was, which is Adventure World, and I hope we have stuff like traps and stuff because we want to get away from the Eldrazi and get more into the, like, you know, all the tropes of Adventure World. Okay, so that is... I, I've now gotten through the whole list of subtypes. Um, so, for those that are curious, um, artifacts have four. Clue, contraption, equipment, fortification. Creatures have infinite number, all of them. I don't, I don't know the total number of them, but there are a lot of creature types. In fact, we've retired some creature types. So there's creature types that, are, that exist on cards that aren't even supported anymore. Uh, there's three enchantment subtypes, or a curse and shrine. Uh, there's five basic land subtypes, which is Plains, Island, Swamp, Mountain, and Forest. Uh, and there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight non-basic land subtypes. There is Desert, there's Gate, there's Lair, there's Locust, there's Urzas, there's Mine, there's Power-Plant, and there is Tower. Um, there are 32 current Planeswalkers, although that list grows every time we make new Planeswalkers. Um, and there are two instant and sorcery subtypes, Arcane and Trap. Um, so, I'm almost to school. Uh, 
the interesting thing about subtypes is um, they are an important tool. Um, one of the things is, and most people don't realize this, which is I'm not allowed to refer to... So here's what I can refer to. I can refer to things written on a card, uh, and I can refer to names in their entirety. I can't refer to name, pieces of names or parts of names. I can say a card named blah, but I can't say any card with such and such word in its title. Um, so one of the reasons subtypes are so important is if I want to care about something um, and it's not already unified in some way, a subtype really is my only way to mechanically care about it. Ironically, I can't have a subtype unless I care about it. So it is, it is interesting in that there's a... I, I, there might be a few exceptions with things like planes, but pretty much in normal cards, subtypes, if you see a subtype, you can, you can know with assurance that somewhere something cares about that subtype. Because if it wasn't something that mechanically cared about it, we wouldn't have the subtype. Um, now, it's interesting because sometimes I want the subtype as much for flavor as for mechanics. Uh, but I don't control the flavor, and so if I want it listed, I need to um, make sure it's mechanically relevant. Um, it is important. Like, one of the things about subtypes to remember that's super important is um, I'm constantly trying to find new hooks for magic, new mechanical ways to care about things. That one of the things... So there's a... I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've done a podcast on this. So there's terminology I use, uh, linear and modular, and it has to do with how much it uh, encourages you to play other things. So, for example, if something is... Uh, all your goblins get plus one, plus one, that is very linear. It encourages certain other cards. It says, hey, maybe you want goblins in your deck. Um, uh, and modular means it doesn't do that. You know, it's like, it's a naturalize. It doesn't say anything. Just, it's a functional card maybe you'll put in your deck. Um, we like to have linear things. Um, what we find is less experienced players really, really like linear um, mechanics and linear cards because it kind of tell you what to do. Um, more advanced players, more franchise players care less. and more like, I'll figure out what to do. Um, but anyway, linear mechanics are very popular. So one of the things I try to do is make sure to make linear mechanics in most sets. The thing is, there's only so many things on a card I can care about. You know, um, I can care about a card type, or I can care about a power or a toughness, or I mean, there's a few things I got to care about. Um, but one of the nice things about subtypes is it allows me to make something brand new that I can care type, I can care about specifically for that set. And so you'll notice that a lot of the like, when I um, went through supertypes, a lot of the supertypes, or actually there weren't that many supertypes, but uh, when I talk about something like um, a creature type, that's still a subtype. What's a good example here? Um, a lot of things I do vary, um, like we'll make them and then they, we use them as a general purpose. Um, one thing about subtypes is that I will often make them specifically for the purpose of mechanically caring that it's, it's one of the big tools I have of a designer of trying to find a new hook within a set to make mechanically relevant. And really, subtypes are the one thing. It's hard to make a new card type. I mean, not that I, we never do it, but it's, it's something we do very, very infrequently. Um, but subtypes are something that we can make, and so um, it is probably one of the most important tools I have as a designer to sort of make new things and make new areas for people to care about. And so when I go through the subtypes, you'll notice that these subtypes, in a lot of ways, are showing off a lot of mechanical relevance for a specific set. Oh, this set wanted to care about, you know, Zendikar wanted to care about traps, and, you know, Champions wanted to care about shrines and arcane, and, you know, you can almost see sort of the flavor we were going for based on which subtypes were connected to which worlds. So anyway, 
subtypes, uh, there's more of them, but uh, needfully so, and it's an important, um, important part of the card that I will continue to use and make more of. And so that, my friends, is everything I have to say about the subtype. So anyway, I'm now at my daughter's school, so we all know that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.